0: Welcome back to The Metal Exchange. Justin and Chris here with you for another week. This week discussing a mystery album. Chris, how are you, bud?
1: It feels like Secret Santa.
0: Yeah, it is. And we don't know what name we pulled out of the hat. Um, We'll get to the album in in a minute. But before we get there, quite a a bit of stuff came out this week. I know uh, you had some things you wanted to bring up.
1: Yeah, for sure. Um, First of all, um, we have a... We have a listener who happens to be the lead singer of um, the band's Power Quest and Dendara, and his name is uh, Ashley Edison. Um, he was he messaged me last week and was uh, told me he was excited to hear our take on Mastodon because uh, Crack the Sky was one of his favorite albums. So it was cool to hear from him and. Uh, Turns out that uh, his band Dendera just put out a EP of live tracks uh, from a show that they did in Europe. Um, it, I think it was recorded prior to their most recent EP, so it's got a bit of the earlier Dendera material, but I thought I would give it a quick plug here. I was able to uh, to grab it on, um, on iTunes, um, so check that out, uh, as well as a couple of new tracks that dropped um the uh the lovely uh folky power metal band from I guess what do they call them? Dwarven metal, Windrose. Uh, yes, yes. Or Elfin metal. I forgot which of the of the two, but um they released a new single from their upcoming album, Warfront, and that song is called Gates of Ekron Um I'm still hoping that they will make their way to the US to play uh Prague Power. Um I think they were they were supposed to do a full-fledged tour, if I remember, opening for somebody, I believe. I believe. I believe that is
0: still in the works in the future. I'll just float that. It's. I, I think you will see them on U.S. soil sooner rather than later.
1: Yeah, I was supposed to sponsor them, actually, when they were going to play at Prague Power, but... Um, I think it was another one of the visa issue situations. Um, Another band I'd really like to see live who is going, uh, is going to be on tour in the U S is visions of Atlantis. And they released um, a single from their upcoming album called pirates. And that song is called Legion of the seas. Uh, There is a, uh, an accompanying music video. So those are um, two new uh, tracks as well as there's a band that I'm very curious about. um, That's, has their first album is going to be released later this year and they're called the big deal. So, uh, clearly they think a lot of themselves (laughs) and expect a lot of, uh, What, what, what do they sound like? I I've, I've never heard the name. So it's kind of, it's a frontiers release. Um, so say no more picture a frontiers album with two female singers and you pretty much, that probably solves it for you, but, um, it's really good stuff. Um, real catchy, just kind of melodic, hard rock, melodic metal. um, so the new song is called Sensational. The new album is going to be called First Bite. Um, they also have a few cover songs. They did um, Amaranth from Nightwish uh, amongst um, one or two others. Um, so I'm curious to see how uh, how this band hits when they uh, they release their full album. And, um, and another single came out this week, and uh, the band is Porcupine Tree. You may have heard of them, and they have a new single called Of the New Day, which um, By the way, speaking of of The New Day, shout out to Big E, who broke his neck on SmackDown on Friday night. Uh, Got dropped on his head and broke his neck. So I'm hoping a quick recovery for Big E. Um, Anyway, this is a track from Porcupine Tree's upcoming closure continuation album, which I think is set to come out in June. Um, I'm going to pass it on to you. Yeah, it's funny.
0: Um, I am. Really, really excited. I I woke up earlier this week and I found out that they're doing a full U.S. tour uh, coming up a little bit later this year. I think it kicks off. uh, It's actually a North American tour that kicks off in Toronto on September 10th, playing one of my favorite venues in the entire world on the 16th of September at Radio City Music Hall. I already grabbed my tickets. I'm going to that show. Uh, Then they do a full run of shows, go down to Mexico, and then they obviously head back over to Europe in October. Um, I never thought I would see this band live again. I thought that they were just done and that was the end of it. And I was just a massive, massive fan of these guys back, you know, like 20 years ago. Um, I I just thought that there, there was a string of about four or five albums in a row, which were just fantastic. Wasn't as into the last... Album um, when it was released uh, in the mid two thousands, but I am so excited to see these guys again. I'm curious to see what they're going to play. I'm curious to hear the rest of the album. It's it, it's definitely going to be uh, definitely going to be
1: good. We will see if absence has made the heart grow fonder. It's truly truly um, good stuff. Good stuff for sure. Yeah, um, I am. I'm looking forward to it. This is, I think, going to be like the first, maybe the second. A porcupine tree album where, like, I was a, not like knowledgeable of Steven Wilson and the band. So, like, maybe their last album that was released before they went on hiatus. Um, that was oh my god, that was 2009. Um, that was that their last album. The Incident was the last one, yeah. yeah, it's the last one I have. Um, that's that's crazy. So, yeah, I mean, I, I, don't, I don't even think I was that into them even when that album came out. I, it, I became a fan. Uh, more so after the fact. So um I'm, I'm this is really gonna be like my first new porcupine tree album. So it yeah, it's be interesting. It's,
0: I I would never think that this was a band you would gravitate towards just because they're so um I don't know, like not upbeat, depressing, uh you know they're 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 an acquired taste for sure. I remember yeah. when I first heard them. Um, believe it or not, it was Ryan who pl- first played them for me, like back when we were in high school or like college or something like that. And I I had never heard of these guys, and then all of a sudden I it, it just clicked, and I'm like, wow, this is really really good stuff. It's just you have to be in the right mood for it. Probably a nice offset to like a Freedom Call or something like that. Listen to Freedom Call and then listen to these guys, and it, I, I think it provides a nice contrast.
1: Yeah, I mean, there's definitely some songs that I. Really enjoyed. Like, Collapse the light into earth is like awesome. one of the most beautiful songs. I I, I loved a bunch of St- some of Stephen Wilson's um those like singles that he released um the covers that were like yeah like one cover and one new track. There was a lot of good stuff on there. Um, I remember uh, my friend Caleb. Um, his last video on one of his Power Hours was fear the the fear of a blank planet video, nice, which was like a really cool music video. And so that I always thought that was like if Porcupine Tree sounded like heavier like that more often, I think it would have grabbed me a bit more. But um, I do. There's always like there's a time for. Porcupine Tree or Anathema or, or, uh, you know, Pure Reason Revolution. I have to be in a certain mood, but, um, those are definitely bands that I appreciate that you might not think that, you know, would be in my wheelhouse. But, uh, nice, nice. Yeah. We, we,
0: we have to cover them in, in the coming months. I think that would be a really interesting discussion. We'll have to pick the right week for it, but we, 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 we will and we'll, we'll get to that, I'm, I'm sure. It's been on my list for a while, but for some reason I just keep, eclipsing it with other things sometimes Um,
1: you got an itch that you have to mellotron scratch
0: that's that's right i couldn't have said it any better myself um this was an episode that we're going to do this week that i am i've been looking forward to this for a while i in full disclosure originally chose another album i sent you the album i took away all the tags it was just labeled tracks one two three (laughs) etc And about thirty seconds into the album, you're like, "I love this album," and that is not what I was going for at all. You want to tell you what you want to say? What the the first attempt at this was, and then we'll kind of move away from there.
1: Yeah. So, um, I, God, it made me laugh because, um, this was just one of those random bands that I found out about on my own during a time where I was not picking up new music. Um, so like the fact that you weren't the one who made me aware of this band made it all the more funny that you would choose the album because I was, I God, I don't even remember what the message board was, but I was, I was just on this message board and someone just said like, check out nightscape symphony of the night. They're like, there might be like the next big power metal band and they never released another album after this, but I really liked this album. And I remember especially the songs, um home and, and the, the, the title track, Symphony of the Night, is one of my favorite songs by any band. It's just like one of those heavy metal one-hit wonders that I absolutely love. And I think we should post it this week, the uh, the album that could have been. I think um, that's a great idea.
0: You know, it's funny. I, so... I, I sent that album because I, I wanted to get something that I thought you might really like. And I was right. You loved it. I just didn't realize that you knew what it was. Yeah. I, I had a couple a Great couple choice. Of, yeah, thank you. Thank you. <laughs> I, and we will not be discussing it in long form this week. I, I, I had a point or I tried to make a point of kind of hitting a couple of different criteria. I wanted something that I haven't listened to in a very long time um, just to see how I would react to it. I wanted to play something that was- that you had never heard before, like not a note from, and that's why Nightscape didn't fit the bill. My second choice, uh the one that we are discussing today, does fit the bill. Like you had never heard a note from from this band. And then I also wanted something that I thought you would particularly enjoy. I, I really tried to get something kind of between like, again, a little bit of a spoiler, 2004 and 2010, when you kind of fell out of the genre for a little bit. I wanted something in that wheelhouse where I said he probably hasn't heard it, but maybe he would have loved it had he heard it way back when. And I think I might have hit the mark with this, although admittedly my reaction was a lot different than it was when I first heard this album um, because I didn't like it nearly as much as I did when I first heard it. So I actually, it was a little bit of a struggle for me this week. Which was ironic because I had fond memories of it, but we'll get
1: there. Um, I'm I'm excited to find out like the the origin story and like you know like I I have I have thoughts. Okay, <laughs> well, so this so we're
0: gonna get there, and obviously a lot of what we're going to say is. A little bit but, of mystery work and I, i'll, it feels, I'll it, it
1: feels kind of like remember that game guess who
0: yes it's <laughs> is your person bald yes the, the yeah. yes i i i, I th- that that's what this is going to be and we'll i think we'll start peeling away the layers as we kind of dive into this because now that you've heard the album it's still fair to say that you have no clue what the origins of this band is i, I, I guess
1: no but i have I have like a guess, um, like a a broad guess. Um, Why don't we start
0: there? What what do you think this band is, or who do you think this band is? And
1: I mean, I don't know who this band is, um, but I will say they. I get there's so many Finnish vibes to it. Um, There's a lot of Stradivarius. This is like wish.com Stradivarius, um, with, <laughs> with like with a little bit of hints of like Sonata Artica and Nightwish. So this is a Finnish band. You are okay. correct. So um, you've got
0: the country of origin correct. The
1: singer is, if it's not Timo Kotipelto, it is the closest thing to Timo Kotipelto I've ever heard. Yes, I, I you, you, you're checking off all the boxes here. Part of
0: what I remembered about this band was that this guy is a spitting image of Timo Coltopelto from Stradivarius, and he never recorded another album. This is a band's <laughs> only album, and he, and this, the singer, and I'll just give his name for, um, for, for completion sake. The singer's name is Panu Sik, S-I-I-K. Never recorded another album. Finnish, uh, Finnish guy it's kind of surprising because one of the things I like most about the album is this guy's vocals, Uh, even though it's derivative to say the least, never recorded anything else. Um, So you're, you're, you're very, you're getting warm, which is, yeah. Like I was
1: able to, I was able to tell that it wasn't Timo, but boy, at certain times did it sound exactly like him. I mean, it's, it's as close as you can get without being like, actually being the guy. Um, I also heard, if it wasn't Jens Johansen, it sounded like somebody was using the same like keyboard sounds or if, if maybe it was just him guesting or he's on the album. But I definitely heard that um, that classic Jens keyboard sound in here. So the
0: keyboard player, Ali Hippeli, is um, another guy who unfortunately or fortunately, he, I, I had never heard of this guy at all. Before this band, and I've not heard him since. He's kind of like just one of those guys. They they have him come in. He must have stolen Jens's like keyboard patches. Plays solos throughout this entire album, and, I, and quite frankly, I think it might be the highlight of the album. His keyboard playing that stood out more than anything else. And then he's like kind of fallen off the face of the earth, as has the rest of this band. You it are makes um, me wonder.
1: It makes me wonder if they released this album and everybody just was like. They're Stradivarius clones, and then they're just like, all right, maybe we don't do this anymore. <laughs> yeah, but the, but the irony is, it's not like they
0: went off in another direction, and it's like they never recorded music again, which was a little bit out there. Um, let Let's get into it. I think we'll obviously kind of flesh this out a little bit more. The first track, uh, obviously, is is something that means nothing to you because you don't know the song titles. I'll just say that it's called The Image of God. Oh, I um, thought it was
1: just called One.
0: Yeah, well, it, it, for your for, <laughs> for all intents and purposes for you, I think it is. Um, any thoughts on this track? It was it was kind of an interesting opening track, and, and I'll give my thoughts in a little bit.
1: Yeah, I mean, this kind of had like that um, mid-tempo, gradually building kind of Stradivarius vibe to it. I, I was getting the feeling at the beginning of the album that this might be... Um, like a christian based a uh, band um cuz I feel interesting like, yeah it reminded me of there was a band that you had told me about years back called HB which stood for holy bible and it was a female fronted power metal band that was just um very like very christian uh the the all of the lyrics and themes were very christian um based and and this one's not quite as heavy-handed i think in that way um but you definitely get a vibe that um there's some something going on here that that's that's definitely faith-based or christian-based
0: every every track and and i think you'll see as we go through the song titles i mean image of god like i said if that doesn't give it away the this is definitely rooted in, in christianity there's there's no question about that um this this song is in my opinion not the greatest song to open up an album. And I, again, I guess I had different thoughts of it when I was like younger. This album came out when I was either in law school or just when I had left law school about 15 years ago in 2007. Uh, still, without giving the name of the band away, it, my memories of this were just so different. It, it has this really awesome keyboard sounding thing going on in the background with an awesome riff and once the singer starts singing again you said it best timo culti pelto cl- uh, clone what i can say is that the, the it's it's kind of like a slow build with a verses that are kind of dragging a little bit the chorus isn't extremely memorable there's an instrumental section in the middle which almost has like a doom metal feel not the greatest song to start an album a little bit too slow for me. I think it's something I think this song would have been better served in the middle of the album, but the last two minutes of the song are really epic, and I think that the way it goes out gets you excited for the rest of the album.
1: yeah, I, I actually kind of liked it as an opening track. instead of like so many power metal albums starting with like a minute and a half of a some sort of classical theme thing then blows into like a five minute eagle fly free style, like, you know, uh, power, power metal thon. I thought this kind of almost in a way, um, kind of lulled you into a false sense of what the rest of the album was going to sound like because the next track is a lot more upbeat and a, li- a lot more, uh, faster paced. So I thought this was kind of cool. It, it's, it's like the second longest song on the album. Um, the, the final track is like nine and a half minutes. So this is, this is just short of eight minutes, but, um, I thought it was kind of cool. I, I liked it as a, as a first track. Um, but uh, I will say the second track, whatever it, it's called, was my favorite. And that's that's going to be my track of the week if you want to reveal what the hell it's called. Weeping for
0: Well, it's funny because it's my song of the week as well. I actually am, am it's, we are on the same page here. The second track is called Devil's Reign. Again, I think going with that Christian theme, much more upbeat. And very dark, I think, given, you know, what the title is called. This, this one to me was like the Sonata Artica clone track on the album. Um, especially how they were sounding around 2007. It was not that early Sonata Artica, but it was like before we got to the new stuff, which is obviously very, very different. But this is what Sonata Artica sounded like at the time. A fantastic chorus. Um, really, really awesome verses on this one. And, and another band that I hear on this one is Cloudscape. A band, another like melodic metal band that was kind of doing their thing around this time. Were they Finnish as well, or I believe they're Swedish, but okay. It, but the sound is 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 very um similar. And, and what's funny is it's not a song that you've heard before. It's not like something that uh, you know. It's not like you listen to this and say, "Oh my god, this is really like something new." But at the same time, it's just really, really well done, enjoyable. And again, another awesome outro to leave in to that kind of leads into. Uh, the third track, which is very different than also from the prior two. And the third track is called Forgive. And this track is kind of interesting because it comes in and ends with a drum solo, which is like really p- kind of peculiar. You, you don't really hear that so much. It's kind of a unique track. Um, very, very atmospheric with the keyboards. Um, the song itself is just a little bit slower and kind of plodding at times as well. And And I think that this was another track that kind of was a little bit too upfront for me and should have been a little bit further back in the, on the album. Um, it's it's kind of like a power ballad, but it's just not as catchy as I think I would have liked it. And I got to be honest with you, I think part of the reason why I didn't love this track was because I spent so much time listening to Conception this week in preparation for next week that I'm like, that is how you do a ballad. But nonetheless, um, third track is called Forgive. What are your thoughts?
1: Uh, it was good. It reminded me of that kind of late nineties Stradivarius um, how they would, the keyboards would kind of have that like atmospheric kind of vibe to them. Um, I I will say like the previous track devil's rain, it actually kind of reminded me of paradise by Stradivarius from the visions album in in certain ways. And and I thought the chorus was the most catchy on the album. Um, This forgive this is this track reminds me of kind of like the lesser memorable stradivarius type ballads um and, and the lyrics were very clearly um on that faith based side like i was saying it kind of picks up a little bit of a pace towards the end and then kind of slows down again so that it kind of has like this wave of of tempo uh changes but um yeah it's a pretty good song I, I, you know I like they're not uh breaking down any doors here but um yeah i liked it it was good the, the the next track um, is called. I mean, the- this guy's vocals are so good that like I it, it makes between him and the keyboard playing like really um, laying the groundwork or laying kind of like it's kind of like the basis for most of the songs. It, it's it's just a very enjoyable listen. I it's think. it's
0: also a kind of an easy listen. And it's something you can keep on in the background. I think because it's not as fast with the double bass drums as some other power metal. So I, I think it lends itself to what's otherwise like an easy listen in that sense. Um, the, the fourth track is called Hope From Above. This is another one I love. It starts with an acoustic guitar, which is the kind of the first time they use that on the album. And this is just your standard mid-paced power metal tune. It kind of reminds me of like Stradivarius' Forever in certain spots. Um, the vocals are a touch – I'm sorry, the, the verses are kind of a touch dry, uh, but the, the way that they kind of have the vocals over the bass and the percussion is really, really well done. And, and the choruses are fantastic. What, what I love about this particular track is that the verses and the chorus sound so different from one another that the contrast really kind of makes the whole song pop. And if you haven't guessed by now, what's kind of interesting to me, the production on this album is outstanding for what had to be an exceptionally low-budget release.
1: I Yeah, I don't think I could disagree with you at all there. it does. That's why I definitely had a hard time trying to figure out when this album was released just because it didn't feel particularly older. Um, even though, like, I would believe you if you told me it came out in 1997 or 1998, but I also wouldn't be surprised if it came out in, like, 2009 either. Um, this is a good another good tune as well, like, another kind of mid-tempo song. It's, again, it's just screaming Stradivarius to me. Like, it's just... um I mean, if you wanted to go to church with Stradivarius, this is your album. Yeah, hundred
0: percent. I, I couldn't. I couldn't agree more. The, tr- the The album only has nine tracks. So as we kind of get into track number five, which is like the midway point in the album, um, it, it, this is kind of the third ballad. It's called "Anxious Eyes." Awesome piano intro. Um, I, I just think that whether it's two or three, depending on how you define a ballad. A lot of ballads kind of at the at the front end of this album, and I thought that that was a little bit tough because when you have an album that only has nine tracks, sometimes we look for the ballad and we say, well, where's the obligatory ballad? This one is just chock full of them. I, I don't think there's much to say about this track. I don't think it's very noteworthy, um, but I, I do think that it has that finish ballad sound that all those bands were doing at the time, the Sinatarticas, even the Twilightnings to, to a certain extent, this is kind of like the obligatory ballad, but there's just been like one or two too many on the album.
1: Speaking of Twilightning, I'm kind of shocked that we're doing this band that had one album and like, no, nobody knows before we talked about Delirium Veil. Yeah. Well, I mean that, that
0: (laughs) album is one, that album is, is an absolute, uh, that's gold, in my opinion. I've been I've been saving that one as well, just because it, that'll be me gushing for forty five minutes. Um, and if I haven't mentioned it, this fifth track is called "Anxious Eyes." Um, any thoughts on this, or was it kind of like a nondescript tune for you?
1: I actually kind of liked it a lot. Um, it, it's, I think you really hear the Timo Cotipelto, um similarities on a song where he's kind of singing a lot like in a lighter sense, but yet the background kind of guitars and stuff are very Sonata Artica, like very um trying to think what song exactly. It reminds me of something off of, of silence, I think, but um it kind of has that. It's just, Oh my God. It, it, I mean, I probably would have like lost my mind over this album when it came out, just because it was so, it was so, much in the vein of stuff that I enjoy. So and that, um, and that's
0: why I, you know kind of why I chose it because in in my mind as I as I picked it I said this is something that I was extremely confident you had never heard but something that I thought was just going to be in your wheelhouse maybe more so 15 years ago but even still now something I thought you'd appreciate
1: yeah, I think the best way to describe this track is that if you wanted to hear Timo Cotipelto sing a Sonata Artica ballad, give this one a listen. They, I,
0: I like it. I think that's a great comp. Um, the, the sixth track is the shortest one on the album. It's well under four minutes. It's called The Shadow of Me. And and this one is not a ballad. This goes right back to these really chunky guitars. And it has an awesome slow build thanks to this like really – solid kick drum sound that uh, the drummer employs. Um, this would probably be the, the track I would want to see live the most, um, just because I, I I could see it being a nice build there. And I thought it was a really awesome start to the second half of the album. Um, awesome chorus. And one of those songs that you kind of, before, before you know it, you just feel your head kind of banging towards because you, you really feel it moving towards the end. Amazing keyboards, um, a a fantastic bridge towards the uh, towards the end of the track, right before a keyboard solo. Best way I would describe this is simple but effective. A very very solid tune.
1: Yeah, I like this one a lot too. It's probably one of my favorite ones on the album. I I, I think of of Mike. I feel like Mike would love this song. I don't yeah. know why. It's got the the riffs are uh kind of. Not I don't know if it's the riffs so much as just those like driving like electric guitar chords at the beginning of the song kind of have a little bit of a, a thrashiness to them like kind of almost a Megadeth kind of style to it. Um, this is how you do like a mid-tempo song. Just, yeah, like, I really, agree. Really crunchy, just like just cool. G- like really, I, I really enjoy the the the, vol- the the harmony of the of the um, the chorus on this song. I, I thought this was a. Uh, I thought this was a good one, short and sweet. So, yeah, I just well done. And I, like I said, I think it's just a perfect
0: start to the, the second side of the album. And, and it continues with the seventh track, The Child Within. This is just a touch faster than most of the songs on, on – the, the first half of the album even even the songs that are that are you know quite a bit faster this one is really kind of picks up a bit um, this is a very very well constructed song the the verses are a touch bland but has some awesome bass lines sprinkled in and I haven't talked about the bass player on this album but this I thought was really really good stuff his name is Jesse uh Raconin. excellent excellent bass player um the chorus though is the money maker on on this track it has awesome like layered vocals which is the first time they've done those like kind of layered vocals on this album and my guess was actually that this was going to be your track of the week i had a feeling you were going to love this one
1: yeah and the the, i was even going to mention that the layered vocals before you did just because that really reminds me of stradivarius and and again like the um the keys on this are so jens like um just that whatever it is that patch like you said um that definitive style that he uses where like when he like I always think of when he did um he filled in for Sonata Artica and and played keys on some tracks on Winter Hearts Guild and it was just kind of like all of a sudden the keys that you're used to hearing Miko Harkin do now you're hearing this like Stradivarius key sound it was like blatantly obvious that either it was Jens or somebody just found out like what you know, what sound he uses on his keyboards. And in this case it's the latter where it's just kind of like a yen sound alike. But I mean, not to take anything away from the the ability of the of the uh the musician. It's just that that actual tone is just so similar. But yeah, this is one of those songs for a seven minute tune. It really just chugs along and and, uh it doesn't it doesn't really uh doesn't drag. And um I liked I really like the key change at the end, towards the end of the song, with about two minutes left, where like the song could have ended, but it didn't. It was just like, oh no, we got a little bit more, and I thought that was just a really epic kind of exciting uh, sound towards the end. So yeah, this is probably in my top three of the songs on this album. I'm I'm changing my song
0: of the week. I'm I'm going to make first of all because this is a band that I don't think. Anybody has probably heard. I'm going to make the child within my song of the week just to put out two different songs this week so people can hear something else. Um, this is a song worth hearing. The stronger is this feeling, which is all you want. Not my favorite track, but definitely top three on the album. And I just think it's a song worth hearing. So I'm I'm making an executive decision. I'm changing my track of the week in the middle. I make the rules so no, you can't fight me on that. Um, I I, I like this track. It's really well done. Okay. Uh, I I will not argue with you there. um, (laughs) Now, we we, we shift into track eight. and, And this screams something to me. And I'm curious to see if you get the same sense as I do. This is, I would say, the darkest song on the album. It's called The Kiss of Betrayal. But before I kind of get into my little spiel on this one, do you have any thoughts on this this is the penultimate track and it's 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 different from some of the other stuff on here
1: yeah the um the keys at the beginning of the song like you said darker but more nightwish than stradivarius um like that ocean-born era nightwish
0: that is exactly what i have written in my notes this yeah. and that's why song... when i
1: mentioned before like that there was elements of stradivarius and Sonata arctica and i did mention nightwish as well and i think this was the song that especially reminded me of, of that i could not agree more i have in the notes this has
0: the early nightwish vibe going on and then I have in big letters, Oceanborn, because this track, at least at the beginning, could have easily been on Oceanborn and you would have not known the difference as far as I'm concerned.
1: Yeah, for sure. Um, this, this, um, they
0: also have some harsher vocals here, which I thought was a nice touch because it's something you haven't seen before. But it, because of the fact that they don't use it throughout, it really stands out um, quite a bit. Um aptly named. I mean, like I said, it is kind of a dark song with, with, with with that title. And then at the end, it has this like extended instrumental outro, which I thought was kind of a nice touch before it goes into the final, um, the final track, which is the, uh, the epic tune on the album
1: called masquerade. Uh, yes, I, um, lost my train of thought there. Um, I, I agree with, uh, with everything you said about this song again, like the, the keyboard like solos towards the end of the song, are very Stradivarius. Like, so if you ever wanted to hear Jens Johansson play keyboards for Nightwish, this, <laughs> this is it. Is a yeah, song for you. <laughs> it's all over the place. Um, the the like I said, the last track
0: is called Masquerade. This is the epic track. It starts with this like. Almost Star Wars Death March type of intro, which I thought was really really cool, and it reminds me so much of the Freight Ends of Sanity from Injustice for All. Like it's just that 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 march, um, which I thought was interesting because I was not expecting it, and then it kind of speeds up a little bit and, and picks up. Um, the, the the word I would just use is like hauntingly beautiful. It's just really really. Um, you know, again, well-named the riff during the chorus is nothing you haven't heard, but it's, it's, you know, it's it's effective. One of the, one of the catchier songs on the album, I I didn't love the instrumental stuff that was going on here towards the end. It's not as good as I kind of remembered it. Um, but what I think I love about most about the track is that it kind of goes off in a different directions and zigs and zags, and it kind of takes you on a journey, which is one of the few tracks on the album where it does that.
1: Yeah, I agree. Um, it's definitely got, uh, it's definitely got that kind of classic, you know, uh, epic power metal vibe. Um, I, I, I really like the, the beginning of it. Like it really, like you said, like it's, it's, he- it's heavy. It really gets, it really gets you kind of like into, um, like, where's this headed? You know, like, um, I kind of almost got a little bit of a, almost like a video game soundtrack kind of vibe from it. Um, but, uh, this is another really solid tune um, for a long track. I, I don't, again, I don't think it dragged at all. Um, I thought it was a good choice to end the album with it. It really kind of take for, you know, it's like one of those roller coaster type songs it slows down, picks up, um, you know, I think it's a good representation of pretty much like the, almost like it, it's almost the perfect way to kind of put a bow on the whole album. Like, I think if you listen to this this song, you kind of get a taste of almost this entire album and what it's about. Yeah, I think it it kind
0: of encapsulates everything that, that they're about. Um, without – before, I guess before we kind of rate the album like we always do, I'll say this. The band is, again, a Finnish band. They're called Sacrecy, and this is their self-titled album from 2007. They never would release anything else. They wouldn't release anything else, as I had mentioned, even in their own names. This was like a one – I don't even want to say hit, but a one-hit wonder. They released an album, and you never heard from these guys again. And and I, I think the strongest thing I can say is I wish they would have released another album because I feel like if the songwriting would have matured a little bit, they could have gone on to some pretty big heights in the power metal world. Uh, but for whatever reason they they declined to and so this is like a hidden gem nobody 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 talks about this album um but'm I'm, I'm curious to see on a scale of one to ten what you would give this having never heard anything from this band before
1: I, I I give it a solid 7.0 I thought it was a very enjoyable album I don't think it's like an all-time classic or anything but um I agree with you it, it's disappointing that they never did anything else because it would have been interesting to see if like once they Got their foot in the door by sounding like all of these like finished powerhouses that maybe with a second album, they would try to kind of develop into their own style, you know, now that they got everybody's attention. But I guess it just wasn't to be. Um, I'd be very curious to hear kind of like some sort of story as to like how the band started and why they never went on with anything. Maybe we could try to like dig up one of the members. Um, not that they're dead, (laughs) but like, you know, just try to try to find one of them to talk about this. Cause now I'm looking at, um, I'm looking at the, the metal archives, um, listing. And like, based on this photo that they use, these guys look really young. So I don't know if they were like teenagers when this came out or whatever, but they look really young. So, um, I I would be very, very curious to learn more about this band because yeah, there's it doesn't like the metal archives, which usually has a ton of information. I mean, other than their names, there's really not much else to go on.
0: Yeah, it's it's
1: funny. I
0: you know, just going back to my personal story, I. Have no idea how I found out about this band. As I said, I was, I was 24, maybe 25. Um, and, and obviously I was a huge fan of the Stradivarius and the Sonata Artica stuff from, you know, five and 10 years prior. So this was like the natural extension. I must have seen it some mentioned on a message board or something like that, like you had mentioned earlier. And I don't know. I picked up the album. I remember really enjoying it. And I gotta be honest, I played this album a lot in 2007 and then i never played it again i literally have not heard this album in 15 years but when i was going through itunes to kind of say well, you know what should we listen to this week this jumped out and i said this is this is this is something that you need to hear and something that i need to hear again because it had been so long the the flip side though is as much as i loved the album then it didn't grab me as much this week there were elements of it that i loved and there were other parts where i just could not wait for it to be over because i was interested in hearing other things or listening to new music or as i said i listened to a lot of conception this week as well and in, in preparation for for next week i give it a 6.5 but not that i hated it i just i think that i after after hearing it four or five times i was ready to move on and i'll say this again the, the biggest compliment i can give i wish they would have released something else i would have been all over that second album had they come out with it you know a couple of years later from what I gathered and pieced together, they had actually begun recording. If they haven't finished an album in 2010, it just never saw the light of day. So that stuff may be out there or, you know, kind of buried on a CD somewhere, but it's, it never, it never got released, even though I believe they were recording it according to their Facebook page.
1: I would be very interested to hear that material and, and kind of a little bit of a backstory as to, as to what happened. Cause, um, yeah, I, I, this would have been something that definitely would have grabbed my attention at that time had I heard it. Um, yeah. I could understand why, like, you know, 15 years later, you've heard how much other stuff since then that's impressed you. So it's kind of like, you know, you go back and you're kind of like, oh, well, yeah, I, I could see why I might have made a bigger deal about this when I was, you know. Didn't know nearly as as much music at the time, so Exa- exactly. I think that's exceptionally well said. Um, and before we uh,
0: before we run, just a couple of things. Obviously, I had mentioned the Porcupine Tree early, uh, shows earlier. I, I'm very stoked about those. But two other uh, bits of news that I think are worth mentioning: uh, Axel Rudy Pell, one of the most consistent bands on the planet, in my opinion, is releasing their new album called Lost 23 on April 15th of this year. Um, that is a band that I don't think any of their albums are a 10 for me, but like every album is like a 7.5. Like I really enjoy all the albums. It's just, I don't know if any of this stuff is ever going to be my album of the year, but they're another band that's just exceptionally, exceptionally um, consistent in the material that they release, and they've they have a million different albums. Uh, it's kind of a cool lineup as well. Obviously, Axel Rudy Pell doing all the guitar work, but Johnny Jelly of uh, Brooklyn's own, I believe, doing all the vocals as he's been doing for years with this band, and Ferdy Dornberg from Rough Silk doing the keyboards. So they it's kind of a, a very interesting mix of guys, but they 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 never seem to disappoint. So I look forward to that. And uh another band that we covered in the archives, Zero Hour, is coming out with their new album, Agenda Twenty One. Uh they they released a single which was um actually got some rave reviews. It was called Technocracy, came out earlier this week. Fantastic, fantastic song. I have to be honest, I was I was pretty impressed. And then May thirteenth is the the release date for the album, so I'm sure that's something we'll both be checking out.
1: Yeah, for sure. I, I, I... I hope that the band thanks us for uh, putting them back on the radar with our, uh, with our episode. Um, that that was one of the first, I think that was within like the first 15 or 20 episodes we did. That was um, a request from, from Milton, if I remember correctly. Um, so yeah, like uh, being that I was, that was kind of like my intro to the band was doing that episode. So it will be interesting to hear. I'm going to have to uh, grab that. New single because I hadn't done that yet. So well, I think it's I think it's
0: Uh, I think it's time. And uh, like I said, it's this is going to be you know as, as we as we end this week's show. I'm going back and I'm listening to all that Conception stuff again. I listened to the entire discography this week. I'm going to do that at least a couple of more times uh, before we record next week's show. Um, but an excellent choice on, on your part. I uh, am very curious to hear your thoughts on some of – especially some of that older material and maybe some of the material that you missed along the way.
1: Yeah, I spent a lot of time this week um, listening to the first two albums. Um, and this uh and the secrecy album that we talked about today um so next week i plan on diving into the last three albums and then the ep and singles and everything else um to kind of just uh fill out the rest but um I- i'm definitely looking forward to that and, I- and I'm-, I'm already just so much more excited to see them live just from listening to them a lot this week. And, and, you know, I haven't even hit like the real meat and potatoes of, uh, of the band stuff. Um, you know, the post parallel mind stuff. So um, I'm really looking forward to that. And I just found myself kind of bouncing around there, like some of my favorite songs of theirs from flow and, and, uh, from in your multitude, just, just getting myself kind of amped up for it. So, um, I'm really kind of glad that uh, we're going to do that. I'm sure that there's going to be other episodes prior to June, too, that we spend talking about um, a band playing at Prague Power or just about the festival in general as we get closer and what we're looking forward to. Maybe we can even dedicate an entire episode to, um, you know, maybe like a week or two beforehand. Like, what are we most excited about and uh you know, things like that because, I mean, not only is it – it's always exciting to go to Prague Power, but um, considering that we haven't gone in two and a half years. Yeah, it's crazy. how long it's been. It, it's it's –
0: um, I don't know. All, where, I mean, all the more exciting. I, I know where the time has went, but it's, it just – I can't believe how long it's been. So its it'll be a well-deserved break for, for all of us, and I, I look forward to that. But uh, before we get there, we, we will do some conception next week. I've started thinking about an album for the following week. I'll di- I'll divulge that on next week's show and uh, hope everyone enjoyed the show and we will look forward to hearing from everyone throughout the week. So take it easy, bud. I will talk to you soon.
1: Sounds good. I'm going to try to rack my brain and see if I can think of something that I can give you as a mystery album. Um... I, it's tough with metal because you're just you've. I mean, I I probably would have tried to send you Nightscape. There you go. At, yeah. So uh, you know, maybe I'll I'll try to come up with something in the future. But uh, I I had a lot of fun with that. That was a really cool idea. So nice. We'll we'll
0: do it again in the future. Not not any time uh, in the next couple of weeks. But uh, I have I have a list of other albums kind of percolating that I think would this would kind of lend itself well towards as well. So something to look forward to uh, in the future for sure. Outstanding. Enjoy the week, bud. I will talk to you
1: soon. Take it easy. All right. Take care.